Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day eight of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that tells us more about you and your heart. Thank you that we can freely read your word and worship you. May you bless today's reading to each of us and help us see you more clearly as we read about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the thing that stands out to me in Matthew chapter 8 is Jesus' willingness and generosity in healing everyone that asked him. He had just finished a long sermon on the mount when a, someone with leprosy asked for healing. Of course, Jesus healed him. In fact, his words were, I am willing, be cleansed by being cured. These words must have been more than welcome to the man's ears who heard them. Leprosy is such a horrible illness, and the people back then had to live outside the towns and camps and were shunned and feared by everyone except Jesus, except for Jesus the Compassionate. Jesus gave a man back his life that day, a very beautiful act of service. Then as he entered the town, a man came up to him, begging him to heal his servant. Again, Jesus was willing. In fact, he told the man he would go with him, but the man didn't require it. He told Jesus to simply speak of the healing and he would know it was done. Jesus was amazed at this man and said he'd not found this much faith with anyone he'd ever met. Well, the healing wasn't done in this chapter yet. Jesus went to Peter's house where his mother had a fever. Jesus healed her and immediately she began serving. I love this story. I love that as soon as Jesus touched Peter's mother, she was healed and started serving. She didn't take time to rest like we may have done. Jesus came to serve and was the perfect example of how we should live our lives today. When there's work to be done, it seems we are to do it. Another noteworthy occurrence is when he and his disciples were in a boat and there was a storm. We are told it was a violent storm, and yet he fell asleep. He fell asleep during a violent storm. Then the disciples woke him up when they were completely frantic. Jesus' first words were, why are you timid and afraid? Oh, you have little faith. Sometimes I need to hear those same words. Why am I so afraid? Jesus is with me and he is with you, just like he was with the disciples in the boat. One word from him calmed the sea. He sees our storm. In fact, it may look like he's sleeping while we're flailing around in the middle of our storm, but we can be assured he is mightily able to calm it and will do so in his perfect timing. The last thing he did in this chapter was heal two men who were possessed by demons. Interestingly, the demons recognized Jesus as the Messiah. They knew who he was, even when many of those around him didn't. Our Bible says everyone will bow to Jesus. The demons will too. It's just they won't be saved. Jesus sent the demons into some hogs who ran down a hill and into the sea and were drowned. Just as those demons were destroyed, in the hogs, so it will be in the last days. We can be more than thankful we know the Savior and he lives within us today. 
One thing we should also know is that his resurrection and healing power lives within us. Some days I wake up feeling weak and unable to do the day. How can we tap into and use that power even when we don't feel like we can? We can read his word as we are doing and be encouraged. As we read his word, we are lifted into his presence and his power. So let's stay connected to the only one who has the power to save us. Well, there's a lot happening in Acts chapter 8 today, too. The beginning talks about the end of Stephen, and we have the first mention of a man named Saul here in the New Testament. If you're a new believer, then we introduce you to another man named Saul. This isn't the same Saul we read about back in the Old Testament. There's about a thousand years between these two Sauls. I just don't want you to be confused. Our new Saul persecuted Christians in the name of God, or so he thought. His parents were Pharisees. Saul was very educated in the law, the Old Testament law. He literally knew it backwards and forwards, but he didn't know Christ. He thought he was doing a service to God when he was persecuting Christians. We'll see what happens to Saul in future chapters. Even though severe persecution did break out against the church, the apostles were then scattered all over the land and the word traveled far and wide. Many believers were added to the church daily. Philip was one of the ones who did miracles of healing, drove out demons, and spoke of Christ's death and resurrection. He was used in mighty ways for the kingdom. You'll read of a magician's conversion in this chapter, and although he truly was a believer, when he saw the power of the Holy Spirit in action, he thought he had to pay to have such power. His past powers had clouded what his future could hold. So he acted out of ignorance instead of wisdom. But instead of looking at him in distrust and judgment, I suggest we look at him and then ourselves and see if there are any filters we are looking through which cloud our ideas or beliefs as well. I believe each person in the Bible can teach us something about ourselves. Well, let's see what's up with Abram back in Genesis chapter 15. This is an extra important interchange that happens here between God and Abram. Abram had journeyed far and wide as God asked him to, and he was getting older, like about 11 years older. In fact, he complains about the possibility of dying childless to the Lord. The God who told him that he would have a child and too many descendants to count, he was obviously discouraged. We certainly become discouraged, too, when we are in a time of waiting in our waiting room. Well, imagine being in the waiting room for 10 or 11 years. Abram was a patient man. The Lord gave him a vision telling him that he was Abram's shield and that he was going to be richly rewarded. God brought him outside and told him to look to the heavens and count the stars, and that's how many descendants would be his. Here's where we see things shift for Abram. Abram believed. In verse 6, it says, And he, Abram, believed in, trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness, right standing with God. Well, belief and righteousness go hand in hand in God's kingdom. So if we are short on faith or belief today, we can ask God to help increase our faith and belief in him and the things he's promised to us. I used to think I had to just believe more on my own. But then I realized I had to ask God for more faith. And he's been willing and faithful 
to give me my request, and he will be to yours as well. Chapter 16 brings Sarai into view. She too was discouraged without a child she thought she was promised. So she tells Abram to sleep with her maid so she could finally raise a child. Her maid Hagar became pregnant, and Sarai immediately began despising her and started treating her horribly, so horribly that Hagar ran from her. I'm sure I probably would have done the same thing, run. However, an angel met Hagar and told her to go back. I probably would have thought, oh, I'll go back all right, and I'll give her a piece of my mind. But the angel told her to submit to Sarai's authority. And this gives me pause to think. Many of us would stand up for ourselves and try to right the wrong done to us. I mean, after all, Sarai asked her husband to sleep with Hagar. Hagar understood the plan, and I'm sure she thought being pregnant would please Sarai. But the exact opposite happened. What a turn of events. This is what sin looks like. It really looks good on the outset. but doesn't turn out well in the end. May we pray for discernment so we know we are hearing from God and not the enemy as we make our plans. Fortunately, Hagar received a promise from God, the promise of many descendants. She was told to name her son Ishmael, which meant God hears because the Lord did hear her and he saw her affliction. In reading about Hagar, we can be sure that God sees and hears us too. He shows us his loving nature in his promise to this sad and dejected woman. It wouldn't be easy for her, and that's not what God promised. But he did promise her many descendants. And this was something, something pretty big back then. She was a slave. She was a single woman with no prospect of children. And now she had a child and was told there would be many more added to her family. Sometimes our blessings come through hardships, as did Hagar's. Again, we can be sure God sees us, hears our prayers, and loves us. We end our reading with Psalm 8, another magnificent psalm written by King David. He starts out praising God. He writes about all the wonders God has created in the heavens, the moons, and the stars. And then the big question, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Wow, what a question. Our God, the one who made the heavens and earth, made you and made me. He's made us all, and yes, he is mindful of each one of us. We can praise him for that. David even writes that God made us just a little lower than God himself. He's given us dominion over all the other things he's made. And David ends the psalm in praise. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent, majestic, and glorious is your name in all the earth. May we praise God today in all we do. Let's look for his handiwork in the skies, the clouds, mountains, oceans, prairies, or wherever you are located. We can look around and see him. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you and your love for us. As you cared for and blessed Abram, we see you as a loving God who blesses his children. Thank you for being the God who sees us and hears our prayers. As we read about David's unconditional and full-on praise for you, we praise you as well. We praise you for all you do and all you are. Thank you for being mindful of us, your children. Help us see you in the magnificence and mystery of the world you created. Don't let us miss you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 